a storm brewing right now a storm around dc comics it is a decade of unrest and rumors that has uh plagued unfortunately dc comics because there has been three different people sitting in the owner's chair of dc warner brothers over the last 10 years warners to at&t to now discovery and and this week the phones blew up the texts blew up all the rumors all the innuendo. I am bringing all of it into sharp focus on today's Raw Observations. And here we are, another edition of Raw Observations. I am your host, Rob Leifeld. I welcome you to another show where we talk about all of the ways that the worlds of comic books continue to expand into your living rooms via your streaming, via your DVD, your 4K, your uh, your theater experience, your 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 gaming com- consoles, uh, your toys, your comics. They've all mashed together. I mean, never in my life did I think that in the last several years I would watch as Francis Ford Coppola, Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, some of the greatest uh, artists you know, directors, visual, you know, gods of visual movement and cinema. I mean, these guys are are so celebrated and, and maybe not to the younger generation, but I'm not sure how many kids are listening to this show, but I get a lot of guys my age and, you know, we all collectively grew up watching what are, what are now classics. Uh, the contemporaries, like the Christopher Nolans, uh, they're, they're participating in, in, in the superhero language, in the superhero, uh, you know, world and bringing you superhero offerings now. And, uh, so, so it's, it's, it's this, this generation before where Steven Spielberg hasn't directed a comic book movie and, and Scorsese hasn't directed a comic book movie and, uh, Coppola hasn't, and like, and in all, all likelihood, they're not going to, but, uh, that, that's how prevalent, you know, the comic book world and the domination that is exerted on our culture has been. And so we talk about it here. We, we break bread. We talk about it. Uh, I, I'm so honored. A, a lot of you guys, I, I, you tell me, you listen to me on your commutes, um, either to or from work. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do that today. Uh, we, we are going to once again, dive in a little, little bit, uh, to start here on what would be called the rumors and the man, uh, uh, in regards to the management side of the creation and publication of comic books. Uh, yesterday I was going to lunch, a little bit of a late lunch, super hungry, went to a great burger joint that I love and my phone started blowing up and I'm not going to tell you all the names, but it was a who's who, who's who of people in the comic book industry. Uh, some are peers, some are new acquaintances. Everyone's blowing up. What have you heard? What have you heard? What have you heard? I'm going to tell you specifically what they were talking about. They were talking about, have you heard if Jim Lee is staying on or is he being removed uh, given the new turnover in management at what was once Warner Brothers, which be, which became AT&T 
and is now going to be discovery. So really, let's pump the brakes if you don't have any concept of what I'm talking about and you're like, oh man, life, I just want to talk about like DC Comics. I don't want to talk about, you know, the management. Well, the management is what gives you what you read and what you're experiencing. Jim Lee is always going to be in the crosshairs of some great rumors uh, because of his status in the business as a legend. Uh, You know, he has, I believe, been with DC twice as long as he was with any other entity, Marvel, Image, maybe even combined. I mean, he's, I I believe, been there, is it 26 years? I I think it's over 25 years. And uh, Jim has been an, an, an executive officer moving up to publisher. I don't have his title in front of me. Uh, but, uh, two summers ago, maybe 18 months ago, sprint that the head started to roll the, uh, whatever was going on with AT&T. And and I'm going to tell you, uh, my friends that I had at DC comics, and I don't have any more friends at DC comics. Let me tell you right now, four minutes into this podcast, I'm telling you, I have no friends at DC Comics, but they're a Southern California, uh, you know, production entity. And so I, I have, you know, I know a lot of friends who have friends at DC Comics. I don't have anybody. Uh, all my buddies were long gone or slashed and, and, and removed, especially in the, the bloodbath that occurred, uh, you know, a year and a half ago. And, 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 and look, when AT&T was buying Warner Brothers, and you're like, wait, I didn't even know AT&T was buying Warner Brothers. It was delayed by two years by the Department of Justice, which looks into, you know, the, the, the practices of monopolies. <clears throat> and can, you know, this company buy another company? And does it, you know, uh, uh, does it, you know, cause disparity in the market in terms of size, volume, you know, whatever. This is always something that gets looked at. And and honestly, I can't remember the last one. One was turned down. One that was turned down that was significant. It is now kind of part of the culture that, that, that companies gobble other companies up. <clears throat> AT&T was really making everybody nervous. Uh, but by the time they came through, I think in 2019 and finally settled in, uh, I think it was like from 2016 to 2019, it was like this limbo period. I mean, operations continued, but AT&T was, you know, purchasing the entity that was Warner Brothers. And, you know, people said it wouldn't last. This isn't a good fit. They're a tech company. They're they, they're a communications delivery company. That's what AT&T does. You know, phones, communications. And it turned out that they were right. AT&T didn't quite have the stomach for an entertainment operation. Uh, uh, it's, it's definitely a different, um, it's definitely a different cat. And, uh, and, 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 and you'll find out over the, over the years, there are, there are entities who think they know what they're getting into. And then they find out that it's not just widgets coming off of, you know, an assembly line and, and they opt out and they opt out. Um, but the, uh, the, the, AT&T, you know, just was not long with what they had in terms of the massive entertainment component that is Warner Brothers. So, you know, um, this merger uh, was, was announced 
again, uh, the, 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 the AT&T originally, you know, uh, uh, doing this was announced last year. AT&T's WarnerMedia and Discovery Incorporated create standalone company combining operations, forming new global leader in entertainment. This is last May. So again, you know, I think all total AT&T had maybe the run of the place for uh, three years. But uh, it says Discovery President and CEO David Zaslov will lead the new company with executives from both company and key leadership roles. Um, you know, Warner Media, which is what AT&T renamed what they bought instead of Warner Brothers, you know, uh, was was forging ahead uh and combining with Discovery, which we've all seen the Discovery Channel, lots of travel stuff. I mean, that's really where they, you know, came to be in all of our homes and, and why we even know that name. But yeah, last May it said that they have announced a definitive agreement to combine Warner Media's premium entertainment, sports and news assets with Discovery's leading nonfiction and international entertainment and sports businesses to create a premier standalone global entertainment company. Under the terms of this agreement, I won't read much of this, but this is the heavy stuff, which is structured as, as an all-stock reverse Morris Trust transaction. Here's the number you need to know. $43 billion. $43 billion is going to exchange uh, hands uh, from Discovery to AT&T. $43 billion in a combination of cash, security, and uh, a retention of debt. AT&T shareholders will receive stock of 70% of this new company. Disney shareholder, uh, sorry, Discovery shareholders will own 29% of the new company. So uh, this is the spin that they were putting forth and it's obviously taken a year and it is expected uh, this week as I am bringing this to you that this will uh, finalize. Uh, the entire arrangement will be finalized and when that happens, you know, the new boss gets to move in and exert his will and his influence. Um, I think during AT during AT and T's time, they uh, they uh, forged ahead and launched HBO Max, which honestly is one of the greatest streaming platforms. If you don't have it already, just the movies alone. I love the shows. I watch the shows. I watch all the stuff. I've always been an HBO honk. I've watched HBO for, good God, it feels like 40 years. Um, watch them build their brand. Watch them explode in the late 90s when Sopranos and Sex and the City became their one-two punch, then The Wire, and then everything that followed. Um, you know, always been a giant fan. Love all their stuff, but the Warner Brothers film catalog is so rich and amazing. And, and when you just coast through there and see all the movies that you love that you're available to watch, true classics, it's really exciting. But in, in regards to, you know, the business side of all this, okay, so the, 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 the truth of the matter is, uh, is that uh, the announcement went out today. It, it went out, um, you know, from the desk of, of you know, Zaslav. And here it goes. It, it, this is the press release. I'm reading it. Discovery. Inc. announces future leadership team for Warner Brothers Discovery. So now we're not, it's not Warner Media anymore. That's what that's what AT&T had called it. 
you know, the most significant thing they did was they launched the HBO Max initiative, which for one year gave, gave us day and date movies like Kong Godzilla, Zack Snyder's Justice League, you know, um, um, the very controversial move with, with Dune because the creatives weren't as, ex- as excited about that being on home box office at the, at the same time. But anyway, look, smart to call them at least work the Warner Brothers name back in. It's, it's a classic name. It's, it's the name that we all know them by. Here is, on April 7th, the press release. Discovery Inc. announces future leadership team for Warner Brothers Discovery. New York, Discovery Inc. today announced the future executive leadership team for Warner Brothers Discovery ahead of the close of the company's transaction to combine its leading nonfiction and international entertainment and sports businesses with Warner Media, premium entertainment, sports, and news assets. The new leadership team draws on a diverse set of leaders from both organizations, providing continuity and creating a, a flatter organizational structure to drive creativity, accountability, and collaboration. David Zaslav, the former head of Discovery, who's now the CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery, comments saying, we are so excited to bring the heritage and legacies of these two great companies together, creating Warner Brothers Discovery. And I am proud that our new executive management team blends world-class leaders from both organizations. As we take our first step forward in a single cohesive collaborative culture. Today's announcement combines the strong team of professional managers in a simpler organizational structure with fewer layers, more accountability, and a singular strategic focus. So here they, they, they announce their leadership team. This is the announcement for the leadership team. This is a four-page uh, press release. We've got, you know, Adria Alpert Rom. She is the chief people and culture officer, CPCO, okay? Casey Bloys continues as chief content officer, CCO of HBO and HBO Max. A guy named Bruce Campbell, not the actor, it will be the chief revenue and strategy officer. Uh, Channing Dungey will remain the chairman of the television group that gives you all of your Warner Brothers television because they have a giant production arm. Uh, Toby Emmerich continues as chairman. This is of most interest to probably most of you guys in the, you know, com- the, 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 the DC comic film adaptation ad- adaptation world. Uh, Toby Emmerich, who's been there for years, continues as chairman, Warner Brothers Pictures, with responsibility for Warner Brothers Pictures, New Line Cinema, DC-based, DC-based films, and feature and Warner Brothers feature animation. It continues down, but uh, there's head counsel, general counsel, a lot of boring titles that you and I just, you know, our eyes roll into the back of our heads. And on the third page, it lays out the last few people, and then it starts talking to you about extensively about, you know, discovery inks assets and holdings well the name that you didn't get there i've checked this several times is pam lifford uh pam was given the reins and became the uh the head the the person that both that that jim lee answered to as of and for a period dan didio um she is president of warner brothers consumer products okay um the the DC entity in the in 2012, right around the time of the DC New 52. Okay, it was decided that they would combine. DC Comics would become part of the film and television arm 
at the Warner Brothers production. At, at Warner Brothers production, there is no AT and T at this point. Many of the people in the comic book world will remember twenty, uh, maybe twenty eleven, the giant DC fifty two. Uh, they had a giant party on the rooftop of the Hard Rock, and it was everybody who was in the Warner Brothers television world. So all those CW shows, Chuck, because you got like Zachary Levi was still making Chuck, and the cast was still there. Um, you know, some Game of Thrones people because of the HBO uh, Warner Brothers uh, connective, the cast of Fringe because they were a production company behind that. We were all, my my fellow comic book, you know, professionals, were all getting behind the red, uh, you know, the, the velvet rope, the red curtain, taking the special elevator up, getting out on the rooftop of that amazing, beautiful Hard Rock Cafe, extensive outdoor uh, giant rooftop patio with the pool and the couches and the two bars. And if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. It's amazing. Entertainment Weekly uses the exact same space to throw their parties, of which I have been to, you know, a dozen, fortunate to be to a, at a dozen of these. But this DC Comics, you know, so you've got all your swank, I, I'm going to call them starlets, you know, movie stars, uh, men and women, uh, uh, all uh, walking around, rubbing elbows and shoulders with the comic book community. The comic book community was, uh, it was a big kick. I think they all got a very big kick that now we collectively were part of this shared, you know, production understanding. Um, this would also be the last of this in regards to a shared experience. I think the movie and TV stars were like, why are these people next to us? Why are they getting pictures with us? Why are they bothering us? I want to have my cocktail and my martini by myself because never again was there a blending of this. And a couple of years later, uh, the, the, the functions were separate. There was not as uh, seamless a blend. So 2011 was the big arrival of the comic book uh, uh, group, myself included. Okay, I'm including myself here. That is going to a giant Warner Brothers talent celebration. Again, I mean, CW stars, again, uh, uh, Game of Thrones, which was raging at the time, you know, movie stars. This was the party. In case you're like, is this a comic book party where the television and the movie people crash through? Nope, nope. This was the Warner Brothers talent party. And for the first time ever, the comic book people were invited to the prom. Okay. Um, and, and uh, you know, guys like Jeff Johns and Jim Lee and Dan DiDio, I believe, had fought to be seen on the same, you know, level and to be in a shared uh, existence like like the one I'm speaking of. I remember, again, the, the cast of Arrow, Flash, they're all you know, wandering around, they're at the bar, they're getting drinks with us, they're, you know, everyone's staring at each other across from the pool. <laughs> they're going, who are these people? We're like, I can't believe it's them. Okay, so uh, so very fun uh, shared existence. And that is because that the comic book division was now seen as part of the entertainment arm. So movies, television, and comics. And look, rightfully so, right? There, There is... No amount of endless arguments that we can make that can justify the fact that without us, there are no stories to tell. There are no characters to tell stories with. Again, I say this proudly among all of my peers. Um, we are the dreamers. It is our nerd 
obsession with comic book stories and characters that created the platform with which everyone is rushing to adapt. And uh, I will always believe that myself, my fellow peers, we all uh, deserve the same uh, uh, acknowledgement and the, the, the same uh, uh, kind of special standard reserved for the people like J.K. Rowling, for George R.R. R. Martin, for Stephen King. Okay, we deserve it. We have, um, you know, entertained and we have, uh, you know, moved the consciousness of fans in a way that is as dramatic and as profound as any of those names that I just shared with you. And you've seen it. You've seen it now as the works get adapted and carry across all these different streaming and media platforms that we truly um, had tremendous impact on on this uh this entertainment world. So there's an argument to be made that like it, it was long overdue and it's just my cynical side knowing again the talent side of things. Look, they, you know, most of exclusivity is 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 uh, the big part <laughs> of 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 the the film and television, the motion picture business. Case in point. Been very fortunate enough to go to a couple of those crazy vanity fair parties, okay? reason I'm telling you this is you get there and you see all these huge, amazing names, but it's never everybody. It's never everybody, but you see huge, giant. I mean, again, you're, you're going to get the, 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 the Brad Pitts that walk into the party, the Quentin Tarantinos. You're going to get, you know, most of the Oscar winners are going to go through that party. Um, I, you know, have, have, have talked extensively when I was on the Comics Kayfabe podcast about my meeting, I talked and texted to Kobe Bryant, my absolute favorite athlete of all time, prior to this, but I did not get to meet him until he walked through with his Oscar, uh, you know, at the 20, 2018 Vanity Fair Awards, and he and his wife could not have been kinder and sweeter and more loving, uh, lovely, and uh, Kobe... I, I went up to him and I asked him, because it's about time, because, look, my son alerted me to the fact that Kobe Bryant was following my Twitter account. He had clicked on Kobe's account in, like, 2013, and he came running down the stairs, and he said, Dad, Dad, Kobe Bryant's following you. Do you know this? I was like, what? what? And it was one of the most exciting days I'd ever experienced. And, you know, I did what I always do. I, I had heard around town from Golden Apple to some of the other Los Angeles stores that Kobe Bryant bought comic books. So then you go, okay, well, I'm a comic book guy. He's into the comic books, and maybe he's a fan, and maybe he's a Deadpool fan because, you know, the Deadpool stuff was was starting to, uh, you know, to push forward. So just to show you what a big fan geek that I am, I would check every day to see if Kobe Bryant still followed me for years. It was in an accident. Was it a button he accidentally pushed? Is he going to unfollow me at any time? And through that, uh, we were able to contact back and forth and talk about potentially doing some creative things. Because as you know, Kobe, after retiring, became um, very invested in uh, creating, writing, making, you know, making moving pictures, making cartoons. He won his Academy Award for Best Animated Short, okay? Dear Basketball. I mean, but there he is. He's at the Vanity Fair. I, I, I strike up a lovely conversation with him. I'm able to tell him to his face. Uh, but, but the first thing I said to him is I said, Kobe, uh, you know, are, are, can I ask you something? I said, I, you know, I'm Rob and 
why do you follow me? He goes, man, I love your work, man. I love comics. Come on. And, and it was so generous and sweet and kind. I thanked him for being the greatest athlete of my lifetime. Someone who I, you know, loved. I loved all the adversity that Kobe always triumphed over. I saw him in his field in a very interesting and similar light to some of the stuff that I had gone through that was already behind me when he was encountering it. But it made me even relate to him more uh, seeing that he was young, he was dismissed, um, people diminished him uh, and, and, and basically said there was no way back for him. And then he came roaring back. And I've always, as a sports fan, a Laker fan, a Kobe Bryant fan, I've loved it. So why am I take, taking you on this journey? The, the reason is, that you'll get in your car and you'll go home, you'll leave the Vanity Fair party, and then you'll see there's there's photos being shared on Instagram or online of the secret parties at mansions all around the Hollywood Hills, the, the, the Madonna party, and Madonna shows you all the people that you didn't see at Vanity Fair, but they went straight to her house. You know, Kanye West and, and uh, you know, I mean, this year, Madonna's, uh, Madonna's uh, manager had a party uh, Guy O'Siri, uh, huge manager, producer. Uh, he, uh, or Guy O'Leary, sorry, I'm not checking it. It's one of those. He put up pictures of Chris Rock, of De Niro, of, uh, of, of uh, I think Pacino. They all went to his house. There's always another exclusive party happening. They all want to be part of the exclusive parties. They want. They don't want to go to the Vanity Fair party. They want to tell you that they went to the Madonna party or the giant, you know, the year that Deadpool was up for the Golden Globes, I was given an exclusive invite to go to my agency party. And they literally called and said, you don't get nominated for four Golden Globes and not invited to the bungalow party. There was a bungalow off-site. Joy and I, my wife and I went there. And I am walking through a crowd that is, I'm going to drop a lot of names here because I was like, wow, this is crazy. The Ben Affleck, the Matt Damon uh, 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 Ryan Gosling, uh, Emma Stone, um, uh, uh, you name it, you name it. Did, did, did I, did I walk by Taylor Swift? Um, I mean, literally Elon Musk was there. Uh, you, you, I mean, Chris Pine, it, it, it was absolutely insane. It was just literally like all of the clients at my agency, which was at the time, like vying for the biggest agency in the world. And uh, just for, 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 to be honest, Ryan Reynolds would have been there, but he told me he was not attending. He was going, you know, he was going back to his hotel and flying out in the morning to go back and be with his family. So uh, in case you were wondering, yes, of course, of course, Ryan is, is, has, has the option of going or not going, but, but there I am. And I, I, you know, I was just trying, Joy and I are just trying to mind our own business and flow around and talk and. There was plenty of creatives, the director, the writers, you know, producers of Deadpool that we were able to sit and chat and 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 uh, talk to all of them. But there's always an exclusive party, you know, the, the Golden Globe party that, that's happening in the tents. I went to that, but then you are shuffled away to the special bungalow party off-site. So what does this have to do with what I'm talking about with DC and the movie stars? My cynicism is that I think the movie stars and the TV stars were like... Maybe they're getting too close to us and they shouldn't, that we're not on the same level. I mean, that we, we move. I mean, all I can tell you is it didn't happen again. <laughs> that, that's your, draw your own conclusion. After the one year experiment, uh, the next year was 
very much limited. And I was like, oh, no, no, this year, this is the DC party. It's only got like the cast of Arrow walking through. But you didn't get that giant, um, you know, uh, breakout into all of the people under the Warner Brothers umbrella of movies and television. So the, 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 the production arm, the entertainment arm of Warner Brothers briefly had DC folded into it. And then it didn't. AT&T takes over prior to them taking over. When it's looming, a new move is made. DC Comics is now removed from the entertainment arm. It was not there very long. It is removed and it is placed into the consumer products division. Yes, congratulations. Congratulations. You are welcomed into the consumer the consumer products division, okay? So uh, the head of the consumer products division is a woman named Pam Lifford. And she took over the, uh, the, the, the division and became, she, she came from licensing uh, uh, and products and, and big, big, big uh, roles that she held at Quicksilver and Disney prior to that. And they handed her the reins at Warner Brothers as head of the consumer products. And under that division, now DC Comics was uh, was moved over uh, over to Pam Lifford and her consumer products. Consumer products are the mugs, the toys, the games, the all of it. All of the stuff that you're playing with. That's a consumer product. The Warner Brothers toys in the store is consumer product. Um the the uh the this was a new radical shift no longer part of the entertainment arm which um kind of you know maybe they evaluated and they said this 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 is a different function they make comic books we sell comic books in stores comic books is a product um actors writers directors you know they are not products they're talent and and this this group belongs better over in the you know consumer products division the actual press release in January of 2016 so six years ago and she's still there um Pam Lifford whose resume includes 12 years handling consumer products at Disney so she comes from a giant rival is becoming the Warner Brothers uh CP president Consumer Products President on February 1st, 2016. She will report to Diane Nelson at DC Comics as well as Warner Brothers Interactive. Pam Lifford will be responsible uh, for the studio's growing toy and merchandise licensing business. Now here, again in 2016, Diane Nelson was who Pam was going to report to until Diane Nelson was fired. Diane Nelson... Uh, has is removed from from DC, okay, and uh, <laughs> and and Pam Lifford moved into the um, you know uh, into the catbird seat, the top of the food chain, and um, uh, 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 th- that is where then Pam Lifford was able to be the. Uh, you know the 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 boss of everyone who remained in 
June 6, 20, 2018, two years after the story I just shared with you, Diane Nelson is out at president as president of DC Comics. Again, this is summer of 2018, June 6. She's out. She has been on a leave of absence since March, which is like we packed her bags up and removed her then. Um, and uh, she was president of the Consumer Product Division. And she answered to a man named Kevin Tujahara. Kevin Dujahara was removed after he had a sex scandal um, that, that you can Google yourself, and I'm not going to go into it here, but it was absolutely, it's a sex scandal. Um, and, uh, and so they, they, they removed, uh, removed her, and uh, executive management at that point would report to the chief digital officer. Okay, well, if she's gone, she's no longer head of the consumer uh, uh uh, uh, products division. And again, as I, as, as you continue to play the musical chairs that I'm sharing with you, we get Pam Lifford. Pam Lifford is, um, the boss of, uh, of, of, of DC comics and, and, uh, everyone at DC really has to really clear and go through everything with her. Um, so that this is kind of the, the, the fastest, um, fast track answer that I can give you in regards to exactly how everything shakes out with what's going down at DC comics leading up to this, you know, uh, the, 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 this, this time. And, uh, and so what, what, when you go up the food chain and you go, well, Jim was answering to Diane Nelson and Diane Nelson was Pam Lifford's boss, but now we've got, uh, Jim who, is is uh is is answering to maybe his 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 third boss in quite some time. Well, people are changing and divisions are being examined under this new discovery pact, okay? And uh the uh <laughs> the the uh it, it when when in in 20 in in last summer Pam Lifford held a press conference and uh, she discussed, you know, because now, now, what is her? So, so, so she was answering to Diane Nelson, who also was head of consumer products, and then Pam Lifford. If you Google her name, it says she is the head of consumer products now. But her title last summer is Pam Lifford, Warner Media's president of global brands and experiences. Okay, and it comments how she doesn't really do any public-facing event events. It says Lifford has been the head of DC comics during a controversial period of downsizing. This is the, you know, period where so many people got, uh, let go. And, and, and this was prior to, prior to, uh, 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 Dan DiDio being let go. Then the dam broke open. And for whatever reason, you know, uh, Pam Lifford, uh, you know, was, uh, you know, Pam Lifford became the boss. You don't hear of her much. She's she's not a vocal voice. But believe you, me, when I tell you that she is running the show. It, again, this is an article from last August, summer 2021. And again, Warner Brothers president of Global Brands and Experiences. Then it says she has been the head of DC during this controversial brown, uh, downsizing and rebranding. She has become known as someone with a background in the consumer products rather than in publishing. 
um, she brought with her into this meeting a vice president of uh, brand products to address more of the publishing plans. Uh, and, and, and what she does in this interview last summer is she just really promises that you're going to get a lot of Matt Reeves Batman merchandise for the big release of Batman this past month. And so, uh, again, they are DC Comics is now in the same realm and the same kind of umbrella as the mugs and all the gear and all the shirts and all the stuff that you're going to buy at your Hot Topic, at your Box Lunch you know, at Target, at, 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 uh, at, at all the various different outlets. That's how DC Comics review their consumer product. Um, in the meantime, you know, Marie Javins, someone who I do not know, I believe became EIC slash publisher, one of those two. I didn't do my research. I'm just going to tell you that she is running the comic division. Whatever that title says, she's been running the top comics division. Jim Lee has been further and further in the background for reasons that are only known to him. I do not know what he's doing. I do not speak with him. Um, back on the 25th anniversary of Image Comics, he had called all of us up, the Image owners, and asked each of us if, he had, if we would be interested in teaming up our characters with DC characters. That seemed to be a big idea. He was trying to push through the, pub, the publishing division. And he literally said, Rob, would you have like Bloodstrike with Deathstroke? And would you have you know, Brigade with Green Lantern and Blood Wolf with Lobo. And I said, yeah, to all of that. He had made that call to everyone, including Robert Kirkman. All of the partners in Image had been approached by Jim. That is really, I mean, that's five years ago. That is the last time, because I agreed to it. I said, oh, that'd be, that'd be fun. I, I remember going, Green Lantern, I haven't really drawn him a great deal. That'd be fun. That was a fun idea. But that's the last time I saw, I heard or or, or knew of Jim trying to, you know, um, maneuver something in the comic book publishing world that I had anything to do with. Otherwise... Um, in all of the aftermath, you've got to believe these people, because it's their livelihoods, um, they are looking to just keep in the positions that they have, doing the jobs they have. Jim last drew interiors of comic books on a regular basis in the, tw in the summer of 2016. That will be six years ago, uh, like in a month, when the new Suicide Squad comic launched. And I believe he did 11 pages a month. And then there was a 10-page backup. That's how Jim was able to do it, uh, to, pr to produce a monthly comic book was remember and it was a big deal they they let you know you're only getting six uh you're only getting 11 pages from jim per issue uh I, I did he last seven eight issues i'm not sure but um the half issue experiment was the last time that jim gave you regular interior sequential storytelling since then if memory serves he has done some short stories the two that come to mind are anniversary short stories in superman and in batman so and then he does an occasional cover. Not a lot of covers, but occasional covers. So here's the deal. The phones were ringing off the hook yesterday wondering if, uh, you know, if Jim, as a result of that org chart that I read you, that was part of the discovery, uh, you know, part of the discovery uh, press release that went out about the new Discovery Warner Brothers, you know, merger, that there doesn't seem to be like the, the, the HBO guy is staying in place because HBO Max is a giant profit center for them. Toby Emmerich, who gives you all your films, non-DC and, and otherwise, is staying. And then the head of television with all their different production uh, 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 series and shows uh, is staying put. Well, the press and everyone else is hunting. Are they going to downsize the comic books again? This was a big concern when AT&T took off. When I talked about that, I had no friends. The last friends that I had there were very concerned. They would tell me, 
And they, these were executives. These were executives, high up executives at DC Comics when AT&T took over circa 2017, circa 2018, 2019. This is, when, this is when these conversations were going down with me and my friends. And they said, our financials are good. We show that we make a profit. And, and that's why we're trying to justify ourselves. DiDio had, was the guy that went for the big swings. DC, the new 52 was a big swing. I did a dedicated DC 52 uh, podcast. And what a nightmare that was behind the scenes, not just for me, but for, I mean, dozens of creators, all of whom were frustrated, had, um, you know, had email chains, text chains going about what was going on, um, pledging to be, to, to, to commit loyalty and, and to, to each other during this tumultuous, tumultuous period. You should listen to my DC 52 podcast. It is a, um, you know, uh, up to the minute as accurate as I could possibly present to you what happened and all of the, all of the behind the scenes machinations, the multiple different editors, the multiple different decisions, the decisions, the changes. It is, it's got some really laugh out loud moments in there because again, you are going to react as I reacted to changes that I was asked to make upon changes that I was asked to make upon changes. I mean, and again, it was like somebody had a thought. They wanted you to implement that and see that through immediately. It was a crazy period. Bottom line, DC 52 was meant to uh, go after Marvel and become the market's number one leader. They wanted to become the market leader. And that succeeded for three months and then no more. Marvel reasserted itself, sat back on top the throne that it has had for my entire lifetime as market leader of the comic book empire world publishing period. So that's just, those are just facts. Okay. Right now, what I believe is happening within DC comics as retailers from Colorado, Utah, Arizona, all uh, were speaking with me uh, as I quiz. I quiz retailers when they come to my table. I just ask them, hey, let me ask you this. What's selling? Is this consistent with what I'm hearing from my Southern California, my Orange County retailer group? And they would say yes. And, and, And the one thing that they were all saying right now in the spring of 2022 uh, the, 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 the DC comics brand is selling the least amount of is moving the least amount of product that it's ever moved before. Marvel image boom are the, the, the ones that people are favoring, uh, apparently some new books that have, that, that they planned, um, just did not have the same, uh, run or the same success in terms of pre-orders that they were hoping. Um, here's what I think is going on. I think the comic book division is retrenching. And we are back to the Paul Levitz mindset. Somewhere in one of my early podcasts, I share with you that when I met Paul Levitz, longtime publisher, prior to Dan DiDio of DC Comics, um, a very assured fellow as well, a very assured fellow, he met with us uh, in DC one, at, at, uh, at San Diego, and there's more to come of this story at a future date. But the one thing that he said is, oh, Rob, I, I love being number two. Being number two is the place to be. When you're number two, nobody bothers you. When you're number two, they're just happy that you're staying in the game. He goes, once you become number one, once you try for that number one slot and you get it, then they're going to expect it and they're going to want you to repeat every way that you achieved the number one slot. It's exhausting, he says. It's exhausting. I want to be the best number two ever. And it was so direct and so confident and so part of his plan. I was like, wow, that that's that's an explanation that you, you got to take at face value. It's being told straight directly to your own mug and you're going to accept it. So I believe this is where DC is headed right now. 
Jim Lee, I have no idea. But the reason I told you about his lack of work is that if Jim were somehow under some capacity his uh, to, to, to have, 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 have be let go, do not worry about Jim Lee. First, I don't think he's getting let go. I don't believe on he's too much of an asset. He is the only really kind of bright, shiny uh, legacy player they have in their portfolio. And eventually someone, maybe Jim himself, will make that known to them. Remind them, hey, in the world of comics, I'm, I'm a big deal. I matter. You, you should be proud to have me. But if for some reason he was to be let go, Jim Lee would be somehow drawing X-Men again faster than you can say, uh, you know, Charles Xavier's School for Gifted Mutants, okay? Um, and those books would be crazy received and and, and uh, the, 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 the excitement would be tremendous. Again, it's been 26 years really since Jim Lee drew anything Marvel related from you. Six years since he really drew any sequential art, period. He'll have to work. He'll have to actually make some work, but I believe he will. And it will be a windfall for Marvel if this occurs, if he connects with the X-Men again. And that is who he will connect with. And he is drawing you Wolverine and Cyclops and Gene. Now, it's going to be 30 years later, but I assure you, it will be a big, tremendous, massive sales success. And just under that idea alone, like Warner Brothers would be foolish to let him go. But you can see why everyone's sniffing around because there's big change ahead. And is Pam Lifford, what, what, what happens is when you have a merger and, and there's big expenditure, you guys heard about the $43 billion being exchanged in cash and stock and all this, big, big money's being exchanged. You, have, you then look where to cut costs and where to streamline. The comic division will always be a place where they look to, no matter where. They've never com- successfully integrated the trust into the system and they, and really they haven't had time because they've been owned really by three different entities over the last decade. That's a lot of new chairs to answer to. Uh, I mean, whoever uh, Pam Lifford and, and Jim Lee were answering to, you know, two months ago is not who they're going to be answering to in the future. The, the chairs are changing. People are being purged on that, that, that list that I read you follows this entire week. Um, all of the people who have been leaving as a new, you know, they're telling you who's staying today, but in previous days, they're telling you who's leaving, who's exiting. So, hey, maybe by the time this boots up and it becomes a podcast you're listening to, further corporate changes in management have been made based on salaries, based on, you know, we don't need this salary on the books if we can't justify it over here. And we potentially, just as in the layoffs, have a kind of survivor mentality where people are trying to, you know, be the last ones, you know, to, to, to climb, you know, whatever, uh, uh, you know, pyramid that has to be climbed. Think of, think of the, 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 the competitions, you know, on survivor on the Island series. And, and, you know, everyone is, is, is grabbing for whatever amulet or totem that will give them safety and get them you know, to the next week and find and get them to the final, you know, again, borrowing the, the survivor, you know, verbiage, the final, you know, tribal council. So there's likely a lot of that going on behind the scenes. I, I wandered into a thread on Facebook discussing this yesterday. And I said, it's all going to be fine. Jim Lee's going to be fine for the reasons I've outlined to you here. 
if he re-embraces drawing comics and stories, goes beyond covers, gives you like a six-issue run on something X-Men, it will be hugely successful. He'll do extremely well. Marvel will do extremely well. And it may be a reminder of why, you know, Discovery Warner should have hold, held on to him if, in fact, he were to be let go. I am telling you, I don't believe he is. I believe he's staying. I believe Jim is a legacy guy at DC Comics. And... Uh, as everyone, I mean, because I had people out of at a state, out of country, people traveling. Have you already heard? What have we heard? Because everyone talks to everybody, and I'm not going to say names, and I'm not going to leak. But a couple of guys came back into the day. I've done my digging. I've talked to all my different people that I know. That, you know that that they still have friends inside, and right now things are at a standstill. But every time Warner Brothers keeps changing hands, again, three different. Entities have asserted their control over this giant mega catalog, once the most revered studio and library in Hollywood prior to Disney buying Star Wars and Marvel. Really, that's that's what tipped all the scales in their favor. But three bosses, three different entities in a decade is a lot. And again, you know, they I've talked about this, I think maybe with a Jimmy J. The catalog is there. Aquaman has a thousand stories. I'm just picking a number. Batman has a thousand stories. And you know, like I said, they still really never get beyond Joker and Riddler. I mean, we saw it just now with Matt Reeves. It's They're still telling you those stories. And, and, and if they haven't gotten to a story from 10 or 12 or 15 years ago, that's there for them. They own it. They can go into the drawer. That's why people are always like, Warner's doesn't have and has not exuded the same love and compassion for their comic book library in the same manner and does not nearly planet with the same scheming and with any degree of success that is comparable to what Marvel does with Kevin Feige and his crew at the helm. People don't like to have them compared. It's inevitable. The entire world compares them. The trade magazines compare them, the comic book magazines, the podcasts, the bloggers, it's all being compared all the time. But yeah, yesterday the world blew up with gossip and I'm telling you there's a win-win. Don't, if Jim were to exit and that's how it would be framed. If he were to exit, he will be just fine. Now, does he leave the Wildstorm characters behind? He does. That Those are gone to him. There's no amount... Uh, I mean, I, you could say, well, he, he could try and go raise hundreds of millions of dollars and buy them back. It's not normally how it works. Corporations, once they have characters, don't really sell them or spend them off. And then there's the, always the, oh, DC Comics is going to license. Maybe. Maybe someday. I don't see it right now. I think the publishing division is trying to be small. Is trying to go back to the Paul Levitts. We're number two. We're just doing our job. We're turning profits. We don't overspend. What we focus on makes sense. We can help guide the entertainment components and divisions. And as long as there's, you know, cartoons and toys and, and again, consumer products. Because Pam Lifford, her job is to make sure you're getting your action figures, your your pops, your not now the NFT. That's a consumer product. You know, digital NFTs, they've got an NFT offering with, with the cowls of Batman. And you, you can go ahead and look into that. And Batman cowl NFTs. I mean, I, did I read that they expect to make $600 million or more on that? It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's incredible. But the, the consumer products are everything. Um, my beautiful, lovely wife was mentioning to another conventioneer about a cast of a show that she should, that she said, you should have them at your convention. She was hearing that there was some game planning for a convention going on and she wanted to offer and, and the convention guy was very kind to my wife and said, well, Joy, that's great except if I have the 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 cast of Euphoria, let's say. You know, there's no Euphoria comic books, pops, mugs, t-shirts. 
you know, the guests that we have at our shows, we do better when we can move all of the products for all of the different vendors, the pop vendors, the, uh, you know, you have, you have a bunch of Spider-Man guests, you're going to move Spider-Man stuff and what retailer or pop vendor or t-shirt guy doesn't have a plethora, plethora, how much do I love that word of Spider-Man merchandise, right? So that's why, again, my wife then kind of demurred and exited the conversation realizing, okay, I'm, I'm just throwing out stuff, trying to be help, and I'm not thinking it through because, you know, again, what's the guy's trying to say is merchandise, 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 products, products, consumer products brings in a whole lot of scratch. Okay. A ton of scratch for that company. And, uh, and, and, and so, so, you know, maybe the fate of the two are tied together. Maybe Pam Lifford and Jim Lee's fates are tied together. But, um, as much as I try not to get into the tawdry stuff, this is really, I mean, you can Google it bleeding cool. More websites are like DC rumors abound. They're everywhere. The phones are blown up and they are, and they were because everyone is, it's, uh, after the bloodbath of all of the layoffs that DC, when they went through their, I mean, it, it felt like they had a 50% shrinkage. And if it was just a 25 or a 30%, that's still massive. And what happened is lower level assistants and executive editors with lower paid jobs got elevated. And the high wage executives were all shown the door. Most of the seven figure uh, executives or the high six figure executives were gone. And they whittled it down to the lesser known people. And this is called business 101, people. This is what they do. You you now see it playing out all over in these shows that are on. We crashed on Apple, which is the WeWork. You've got the Theranos saga playing out with, with the with the dropout show on Hulu. You had the, uh, the <laughs> um, you've got the Uber show. I mean, the, the corporation is always looking to squeeze, cut, shrink, streamline. And unfortunately, DC Comics has been the victim of this so often. Um, that it becomes like blood in the water for a shark um, when these rumors leak out. So that is what was going on this week, what continues to go on this week, and uh, and we will keep you as up to date, but the rumors continue to fly, and it's because the closing of this newest, the third merger, the third transition in the last decade is going down. So there you have it, really. It's just... Uh, you know, been a decade of uh, a lot of turnover, a lot of unrest, a lot, lot of, a lot of different, uh, different faces coming and going at DC Comics. I mean, uh, really, what it comes down to, I think, when I think about it, is that Jim Lee is the end of an era. Paul Levitz uh, was there when he bought Jim's company, Wildstorm, and then, and then, and then DiDio was elevated while Jim was there, and then, uh, you know, since then, whether it's Bob Harris, whether it's DiDio, whether it's uh, Jim Lee, Paul Levitz, if Jim Lee were, if Jim Lee were to leave. Uh, it's, it really is an end of a, of an era for DC comics again. And, uh, all the while kind of upper management at Marvel has all stayed the same. It's kind of the contrast. So wishing DC stability. And, uh, I, I, again, I just don't, I don't see a scenario where, uh, things don't break Jim Lee's way, but that is the rumor mill churning this weekend. That is what everyone's hot, hot and heavy about. And, and again, it's the reason being that, this this giant new entity is coming in and, and and taking over yet again. So so we will we will follow we will follow that smoke and see if there's fire. Um so uh you guys, this is the end of this episode. Thanks for joining me and 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 I I'm here to tell you right now 
that at the end of every episode, I share your reviews that you leave for us on the platform, Apple, Spotify, all the different ways that you guys listen to us. It helps us so much. It helps us stand out in a very competitive market. And I appreciate it so very much. So again, you re- you leave your positive ratings, your stars, um, um, your re- your review, and, I, and I'm I'm happy to read them as I am about to read from more Dante M O R D A N T E. He says, "Putting history to my childhood. I am close to the same age as Rob, so his stories of growing up and his relationship to comics is like reliving my own childhood. As a young adult, I even collected most of the comics and still have them. Thanks so much." Rob, for the recent episode that covered all of the history of my favorite title, The Micronauts. It was great to hear a bit about the story behind them, and I'd love to hear more if there is any. I never miss an episode. Keep up the great work. Early on in uh, the podcast, Hero Mordante, thank you for this generous uh, review. Early on, I did a podcast. It's one of the early, maybe first five or six. It's called License to Thrill or License to... Uh, it's something with license in it, and it just it, it, it really is the beginning of of my uh, extended discussion about the Micronauts. I believe I did another episode after that, but you should check it out. It is about how Marvel uh, best um, examined and exploited and really maximized the licenses that they had. Um, so thank you, Mordante. Thank you guys always for all the love you st- you you give to this show and you spread. And I, and I do enjoy uh, 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 just sharing it with you guys each and every week. I am all over social media on Twitter. I am at Robert. Leifeld, R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. I can't believe I keep spelling that name. Blue check, that's me, at Robert Leifeld on Twitter. On Instagram, it's just simpler, at Rob Leifeld. Both have blue checks that tells you it's really me you're talking to. I love hearing your comments. I love your uh, the discussions that we have, the back and forth, um, sharing thoughts, ideas. I always try and, and talk back and use use my platform there to inform as well and respond when you guys are curious, thank you so much for talking to me. This this page has a dedicated Facebook page, Rob Observations with Rob Liefeld. There is a dedicated Rob Observations with Rob Liefeld Facebook page. Look, check it out. Find it. I am all over Facebook. I'm in so many different ridiculous groups. You throw a rock in Facebook. You will find me. You guys, thanks again for hanging with me. This is the time where we pledge that we're going to take care of ourselves. We are going to treat ourselves right. We're going to eat good food, fun food. We're going to watch great movies, stream fun shows, read great comics for sure. Okay. That's what we're going to do. We need to chill and take some time off. You do. I do. Let's do it together. Circle back here. Do not miss out on coming and visiting again, me again here so that we can talk again real soon. (laughs) 